Welcome back, everyone, to Innovative Leadership. I'm your host, Ryan Stickle. With me, as always, Stephanie Hurd. Hello, welcome back. And we're back here in-house at Innovative once again. It's it's fun to, to go down the hall and just pull people and talk <laughs> to them for an hour. Today, we have someone who's pretty new to this whole leadership thing is uh, Samantha Cataldo. Did I did I get that right? Your you last did. name? Yes, we, great job. Ryan. We we had a we had a fun talk um, at one of our meetings about your last name and how that was that was an issue for you at one point and people yeah. pronouncing it. So we yep. we we got to get it right when you come here, just at work, <laughs> but also on the podcast. So uh, Sam is the human resources manager at Innovative. She was just promoted to that position just over a month ago, really the first of the year, essentially, right? So Sam, welcome in. First off, thank you for being here. Well, thank you guys for having me. Well, and we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll give Sam a shout out today. This was on short notice. She popped in here. So this is this is exciting. And, you know, we're happy to have you here. And it's it's fun to to get around to people at Innovative because we always learn a little bit more about people when they come in here to talk to us. So excited to get you in here. And I, I think we'll just give you the floor here to begin. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you guys again for having me. Um, like Ryan said, I'm the human resources manager. I was the generalist before. Um, so a little bit about me is I've been innovative for almost two years. Um, in July, it will be two years. Um, before that, I was in more of an administrative sort of HR role um, at a college on the Eastern Shore. Um, but I have a degree in HR as well as a master's in business. So really HR is my core focus and what my passion really is about. Um, So when the opportunity arose at Innovative, I was super excited because it was more of a, uh, not really an entry level, but really just the first HR role that Innovative actually ever had. Um, So I was excited to kind of put my feet in the water and really kind of jumpstart HR here. Did this job kind of jump out? the job listing at least of, oh, that's what I want to do with my life. Like, this is what I went to school for. That's yes, what I want to do. It really was. So I, there's so many different opportunities for human resources. Um, I'm, there's generalists who kind of do a little bit of everything. There's really people that just recruit, just do payroll. I kind of wanted to, one, do everything, but also kind of start from the ground up. Um, you can go to really large corporations and kind of just be a number. But here I really had a role of kind of doing everything, which is what anyone really wants when you're kind of starting off, especially being younger. I was like, this is where I'm going to learn everything. I'm kind of going to get to do it. Not how I necessarily want it, but sort of help build something instead of just being a one person out of 300 people. Right. Because kind of the idea behind your role and, you know, you being hired, that that role was kind of created because innovative approaching the 50 employee mark when you have the, correct me if I'm wrong, both of you can (laughs) jump in. When you hit, when a business hits 50 employees, you must have a full-time HR employee on staff. Is that the rule? Yeah. So you should definitely, because there's a lot of different employment laws that come into place once you hit that 50 mark. Um, There's a lot of different federal laws that you have to start following. When you're a little bit smaller, you really don't have to follow those yet since you're under a certain threshold. But once you hit that 50, you really need someone dedicated who's keeping you in compliance, um, as well as just being there to help with whoever's running payroll, with employee relations, and any sort of issues that might arise. Cool. So that made the role probably a little bit more exciting, maybe more attractive to get in and say, well, I could kind of help build this. I can, you know, 
start from the ground floor and and kind of just build this own my own department, really. Yeah, that's what I was really excited about because, I mean, it was almost like the best is yet to come here. So I was sort of, like you said, starting from the bottom floor and we've made so many strides that are crazy here at Innovative since I began and I haven't even been here for two years and it's the amount of things that we've done, the trust that I have had put in me is amazing. Um, and I'm very excited to see us just continue to grow. Even though we haven't hit that 50 mark, the things that we have done, I don't know what they would have done without someone in HR because <laughs> there's a lot of things that we have been able to do, um, like starting an HR or creating an HRIS. So we didn't have, which is a human resources information system. We didn't even have that when I started. So we were just kind of doing like regular file management. So we now have sort of something that we've created within that houses all of our documentation. It helps with recruiting. It helps with, um, it can also help with payroll. It can help with just time off, et cetera. So it's been excited to kind of do that. Was was that difficult to come into? I mean, obviously there's an exciting part of it that you get to help build this and, you know, it's, it's right down your alley of what you're trying to do. But is there a scary or difficult part of that knowing you know, this, I'm, I'm really accountable for a lot of this stuff. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, the longer I'm here, the more I'm I know I'm going to be accountable for like, how scary was that coming in? And really, I mean, truly starting from from scratch? Yeah, well, it definitely was scary. Um, So I think some crazy things were that since they didn't have HR before, it was a lot of people were just asking me questions right off the back, like, <laughs> what do we do? How do we handle this situation? And one of my favorite parts of HR is, um, working with just the employees and employee relations. So if there's, you know, issues within the company, if there's um, maybe two people that aren't getting along, maybe we need to figure out how they're going to work together again. Um, I really enjoy getting to know each and every single employee and kind of helping them build off of their strengths as well as, you know, if I find out there's an, an issue with maybe one of them, I kind of know, okay, well, this is maybe why they're acting like this. Like, you don't know that there's some things going on. And yeah. so um, it was definitely scary off the bat that I remember, I think it was my first day. I think one of the managers reached out and was like, so are you ready for, I need to talk to you about like XYZ. I'm like, oh gosh, how long have you been <laughs> holding on to this? <laughs> so um, it was really cool though to right get to help. Bat. And yeah, so um, scary, but honestly, it just kept me so busy that I was like, well, we got to keep going. We got to figure out these issues. And right. so it kind of <laughs> has been fun ever since. But yep, right, first day I had already Very a task. Day. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I can tell you, I mean, in the time that you've been here, like kudos to you because the, the maturity that we have made and grown on the HR side of the business has been amazing. It's just been awesome to see, especially as somebody that has come from larger organizations where there are those bigger HR departments to see a lot of processes and procedures and, um, you know, standardization of some of the way that we do things. And standardization isn't always, you know, it's not always impersonal, but just, you know, yeah. having having somebody kind of organizing things and making sure we're doing everything the same across the board is awesome. Um, what I, I can imagine, as Ryan said, you know, being fairly early in your career, coming into this position, knowing that I'm going to have the opportunity to build this from the ground up. Um, I imagine that took a lot of trust between you and the the other leaders that you're reporting to. Um, can you talk to us a little bit? Like, how did you cultivate that trust and that like working relationship with all these new people? So um, I guess it would start with my manager, which is Rose. So 
when I started, we really worked kind of hand in hand together. And I think that's where I really, um, I guess she learned, gained her trust in me. Um, I pretty much, it was an open door policy at all times. I was probably like in her office or messaging her 24 <laughs> seven of like, Hey, is this okay that I do this? And finally she was just like, just do it. <laughs> like You're fine. <laughs> so um, we really started to like gain that trust probably from the first day when she just sat with me and went through every single thing that they had done and was like, if you have any ideas, just let me know. So I think that was the first thing is that I had a manager who wanted my input and wanted my help to kind of build HR, which I was really excited about because at some organizations, sometimes it's just like, okay, well, you're just a generalist, like go over there and like look at resumes. And that's not what I was looking for. I was looking Mm. to help build something. And that's what Rose really saw in me, which was really exciting. And the same as Jason and all the other leaders. I mean, right off the bat, I was getting messages, you know, asking, how would you handle the situation? And I think that was another way I kind of gained everyone's trust was, giving them scenarios or walking them through. And it's not always going to be perfect and it's not always going to be easy, especially, you know, having to fire, hire. Those are never, you know, firing especially is never an easy thing to do and it never will get easy. But I think that I was able to gain the trust by just, we would, I would talk to the managers. We would sometimes even do like mock interviews together. Um, We would talk about how do we handle situation and we don't want to get rid of this person, but we got to figure something out. So we had just having a lot of, Close conversations with the managers really has been what has gained the most trust and just knowing that I'm there for them, but I'm also there for the employee. And I'm kind of that middleman between staying compliant, you know, within the workplace, but also like we don't want to lose these employees and we want to help them as much as we possibly can. So I'm sometimes pushing for like, let's just one more day. Let's just try this one more thing or you know, um, or like the other way around, I'm like, you really can't do that to some of the employees. And like, you know, maybe this is a warning, but this doesn't mean you're fired. Mm. So I, those were some ways I probably tried to gain my most trust with everybody. The same with uh, the employees as well, just being advocates for them. That's so interesting to me because that requires some unique kind of people skills to be able to talk with people about, you know, some tougher issues Mm -hmm. or, you know, that's some hard subject matter you know, if it's some inner workplace or relationship or, you know, somebody's maybe just having trouble in life they yep. and they, they want to come <laughs> to you with that or, you know, hiring, firing. I mean, this, these are really tough conversations you, yep. you might have to have and, and will have to have eventually with with some people. And, you know, you went to school for, for HR and mm-hmm. you have a degree, you got your master's. But what portion of that do you think is learned? And how much of that is just, you know, some people are kind of built for this just just by nature of who they are? Um, I think a little bit of both. So I think that my classes definitely helped prepare me. A lot of HR is psychology. So I took a lot of psychology classes to kind of learn how humans think and how why we act a certain way. But also I grew up with my dad was in HR. So I kind of grew up with someone who would come home and, you know, be like, this is my day I had, like, this is how I dealt with it. My, both my parents are very compassionate, but I learned sort of to be compassionate, but also direct as well from him of, you know, this is how sometimes you have to have difficult conversations, but you still have to have that compassionate side of like, you know, you don't know what's going on outside of work. And maybe this is you know, dig a little bit deeper, like that's your job. So I think sometimes people are like, oh, you're just here to like yell at me. I'm like, no, when I ask these questions, it's because I'm trying to figure out like, why is this happening? Because I want to help you. But also I have to do my job and staying within, you know, 
our procedures and making sure that I am doing what is best for the company as well. Yeah, and we talk about that a lot on here where, you know, there are rules to follow in a in a business and we have to work hard and we have to, you know, we have to make money around here and all that good stuff. But I mean, we're all humans and we have to be able to treat each other with that respect and we have to have empathy for people and what they're going through. And so, you know, your position's not not much different in, in that aspect than one of the other leaders here who, you know, they have employees that they manage and they have to, you know, make sure work's good and things are getting done, but also understand, hey, if they're coming up short, maybe there's a reason because we know they've been here and, you know, we like them and they're the right person in the right seat. So let's, we probably dig deeper here and kind of yep. figure out what's happening. So I imagine, you know, you, you end up being a little bit of, I guess, you know, I hate to say, but like a filter for some of that stuff where it's, yeah. you know, you, you are that person who's designated here, who is, you know, that trustworthy you're, you know, you're an advocate as much as an employee here, right? Because you have to, Absolutely. you know, be there for the employees. So can you talk about that aspect of your job and maybe some of the kind of responsibility that bears and, you know, how, how do you prepare for that just throughout a day? Um, so I definitely am a huge advocate for all the employees, even if they think I'm being mean sometimes, if I'm telling them that they have to do annual trainings. And I know some people don't like to sit through an hour training of me talking, but I try to be as interactive as possible. I try and share my own personal stories because um, most people have had some sort of like something that's happened at work that's maybe made them feel uncomfortable or, you know, just I just need to remind everyone that I'm a real person, too. I'm not just HR Sam. So I mentioned at the beginning with your name, I wanted to make sure I got your name right. Because yep. I know I've, I was like, I remember she talked through this with us and that, yeah. you know, you don't think, oh, well, some, you know, people get their names, you know, mispronounced all the time. But, you know, that's your name is your name. That's right. a personal thing to you. And it matters that people get that right. Absolutely. And I, I feel like the scenario you brought up, which you can retell here because, you know, our audience hasn't hasn't heard it if they yeah. don't work at Innovative. Um, you know, somebody not really putting in an effort to get your name right. And those are that's yeah. a type of per people issue you have to deal with because it's like, hey, yeah. this this is just a sign of respect. Just trying to work to get someone's name correct. Right. Well, what Ryan was saying was that I had a old coworker that always pronounced my last name incorrectly, unfortunately. And as I would always correct my last name, um, I still they always still incorrectly said it. So it was kind of. Um, a little disrespectful to me. And that's kind of what I like to teach the employees as well Is like, you don't realize what is disrespectful sometimes and what's affecting someone. Like for me, I didn't like that my last name was always incorrect because it made me seem like, oh, am I incompetent in this meeting that my manager can't even pronounce my last name or like, do I not matter? Um, so those are some things that I just like giving those personal tidbits when I'm doing a training with the employees. And also, I like another way that I'm sort of an advocate for the employees is when something is brought to me, you know, maybe just one employee is asking me questions about something. I will try my hardest to get that question to the, you know, the war meeting or the leadership meeting. And usually I'm like, Rose, please, please bring this to the meeting. And she always does. So thankful for Rose for doing that. And I know that the leaders always probably have these like random questions that I'm bringing sometimes that, um, but I just want everyone to be able to feel heard. And sometimes, you know, the questions can't be answered because maybe they just can't be done at this moment in time and innovative, but employees need a reason why they don't just need to be shut down. So just maybe we don't have the means, maybe we're not big enough to be doing certain things. Um, 
So the employees need to be treated like, you know, the leaders sometimes as well as like they deserve answers. um, But also they, yeah, that's, I guess that's pretty much. (laughs) You hit on such an important topic of, you know, people just need to be heard. Even, Mm -hmm. you know, there, there might be other things at play that we can't accommodate every single request, but just hearing somebody out and empathizing with why they might feel that way. Um, even when you have to make a decision that might go the other way, because at a certain point when you have 50, 50 plus people under one roof, somebody's going to be unhappy with oh, almost yeah. every decision. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, I've had difficult conversations where I've had to call someone back and be like, so uh, we can't do this right now for you, but like, let's try this. And like, it's not easy for either of us, but usually the employee is at least thankful that we've all mm-hmm. tried and not just me, but I've, you know, the leadership has tried as well. And I think that's what's so great about Innovative is ever since I be, like started, I just feel like the leaders, um, I mean, everybody at the company, but especially the leadership team, they hear you. And even if they can't, you know, give you your requests, they're trying to figure out the best case scenario for, you know, any request that's given. Or, I mean, I remember my first couple of weeks, Rose was like, okay, you're going to do this training and Jason's, you're going to sit in a meeting with Jason. He's going to approve it. I was like, the president, the CEO, Jason. (laughs) She's like, yep. I was like, okay. So we pretty much started our relationship off pretty strong with, I remember him going through my presentation I was doing and giving me great feedback. But I remember being like, wow, at some companies, like the HR generalist doesn't get to talk to the president and have him approve your slideshow. So I thought that was really cool. And I mean, anybody here is able to go to Jason or go to any of the leaders and have a conversation, which is not very common in most places. Yeah. Innovative. We say it all the time. Innovative is just so different. And then you get here and you're like, oh, this is like, <laughs> it's almost a little weird at first. Yeah. And then you get used to it. You're like, oh, this is this is pretty cool how we operate. Yeah, so it's really cool. I wanted to to ask you about a certain angle of this. And, you know, I don't want to age anybody or make assumptions, but you may be our youngest guest we've ever had. (laughs) And so for me, it's exciting to get somebody from like very much my generation on here to talk about this stuff. But, you know, you deal with these people on such a personal level Mm -hmm. and and some of their issues and mental health can play a huge factor in that and what they're going through. Do you think our generation and, you know, maybe our views are willingness to talk about mental health because you can't I don't I I don't have statistics maybe I'm a bad (laughs) uh you know person to talk on it but like it it feels like our generation is willing to bring more of this stuff to the workplace absolutely there's just been a little bit of a shift there and you can kind of feel that changing I mean you 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 feel those things when you you work with more people who are around your age and um what what role does that play in in your position where you're starting from scratch, but you are kind of part of this younger generation that's mm-hmm. maybe more willing to open up about that stuff or let people kind of have that that floor to speak on mental health issues. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the younger generation definitely is more open to speaking about it. I've noticed that being in my role as well as just myself in general. I'm 28, so maybe I am your youngest person on here. <laughs> but, um, but so I would say that's sort of how I relate to some of our I would say pretty much everybody. We have all ages here, but I have noticed a difference 
maybe when speaking with someone around my age versus someone maybe a little bit older. Um, maybe someone my age wants to open up a little bit more and ask for like, have you ever gone through this? And I don't mind like giving that. And maybe yeah. someone a little bit older doesn't, I have to pry a little bit. And I'm like, you know, if you don't want to talk to me, that's okay. We have all of these services. We have like the employee assistance program, which is amazing. So that's a service that um, our employees can use for free to speak to a therapist about anything. So they don't have to speak to me. Um, so I think that those are some great services that we have. But I have noticed that the younger generation definitely um, is a little bit more open and which I think is great. And I think I push for the older generation sometimes when they yeah. come to me to and, be a little bit more open with me. <laughs> and that's not to say that, you know, other leaders from other mm -hmm. generations can't be, you know, very open about these type of conversations or that it doesn't exist anywhere because there are plenty of great leaders everywhere who, you know, are very willing to talk about mental health with their employees and make it oh, yeah. known that, like, this is a valid issue if, if you're having problems. Um, but at the same time, I don't know if that's a product of the world we grew up in or social media. I don't I don't know exactly what contributes to that. In that I feel like because you, you talk to anybody our age and it's like, even if maybe they're not quite on the side of mental health matters, they'd yeah. probably still be willing to admit that, you know, this is something you hear a lot more about these days. Do. So maybe it's just our society and what we've grown up with. I, don't I, know. I definitely agree with you. I think social media plays a big aspect. And I think celebrities do as well, because I think that growing up, you had your favorite celebrities. And now that they're older and you'll see that they post about so like any mental health issues, you're like, oh, I feel that too. And I'm not alone then that like my favorite celebrity yeah. also is dealing maybe with an anxiety or something else. So and public causes for yes. it as well. It's just not I, I just think society, we just haven't had those conversations really no. within the last few years. I mean, if you could go probably go back 10 years, and I don't mm -hmm. I don't think it was nearly as big of a topic of, you know, at least our public health. As well, there weren't now. even many resources like 10 years ago in the workplace as well. And now yeah. we have so many great opportunities to help with mental health. Um, and what's great is that like Jason, our president, he is really big into making sure we have those resources. I know that was really big when I came on. That was probably within the first month that I started working. We started making sure that we had EAP services. Um, anything that the employees could use externally as well as internally, uh, which is huge. A lot of workplaces don't really offer that. I'm seeing it a lot more now that workplaces offer it, but it's still not as common as, you know, just having, you know, the smaller benefits like medical, dental, and vision. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, right. I think one of the shifts that has taken place probably over the past 20 years or so in the workplace um, is just the the blending between your work life and your professional life mm -hmm. and you know technology has changed changed so much to where we're all accessible both to work and personal and then of course the pandemic sped that up where we're all working from our homes so there's not even a line physically um I know as as the elder person in the room here. <laughs> um, uh, Not just, by that much. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Uh, uh, thinking back to when I first started my career, I graduated from college in 2005. And at that time, we were kind of like the first wave of millennials hitting the workforce. Mm -hmm. And like, I mean, my first job, 
I could not wear open-toed shoes or a dress without pantyhose. Wow. Um, That was still the dress code. And dress down Fridays was you were allowed to wear sandals with a back. Oh. And a dress uh, without pantyhose. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) That was dress down Friday. Um, And that's, you know, that's like... That's recent history. Yeah, that's not, right? yeah, that's that's not, not that long, long ago. ago. But there was, and at that time, there was such a hard line between your personal life and your work life and what was acceptable to bring into the office. And like, I mean, again, I was the first wave of my generation was that those few years where you had to have a .edu email address to be on Facebook. So we wow. were all on Facebook, <laughs> but it was, that was something that not only was it unprofessional to have a work colleague on there? Like you just couldn't because mm-hmm. if you weren't if you weren't classmates, you couldn't be in those social circles. And then I kind of watched the evolution of social media and it just started to blend those lines so much that now people are comfortable. And I think for the better, they're comfortable coming to work as their authentic selves yeah. and not the you know, the, just the work version of themselves. Professional version. I don't know. I feel like you just get more out of people when they can be their authentic selves. Yeah. Oh, I definitely agree. I think that's also something very unique of innovative because some places that I've interned when I was back in college, they were more like suit and tie. Like you were, you know, you didn't talk to someone that was above you. Whereas here it's like, you know, some I remember when I got engaged, I'm like, Steph, look at this. Like I'm showing her all of like this wedding stuff. And like same with Rose. And I remember Jason came in my office was like, let me see the ring. And I'm like, this is not normal at a normal <laughs> company. Like this is so cool. And it was just it's very exciting to kind of see. And I don't know if it's just the a technology company. You always hear like, oh, tech companies are so much cooler. And they are. But I also think that it's sort of nice to feel like yourself and relaxed at work because it makes everyone work a little bit harder. If, you know, if you can wear sneakers, then maybe you're going to just do a little bit better in your workday if you can put a hoodie on because you're cold. So I think those are some great sort of just things about innovative. And And I think our size also, I mean, we're Mm -hmm. still small enough, right, to be able to have things like that and just more leniency on things. And that's part, I know that's part of the balance of as we continue to grow, right? You got to hire an HR person, but also as a leadership group, we really have to like keep putting in work on culture, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We've talked with, I mean, we've talked with pretty much all the leaders (laughs) at Innovative about that. It seems like where, you know, we can continue to grow bigger and be successful and that's great but like we don't want to lose that feel of like this is kind of like a family business right you know Hagerstown Maryland like you know we're going to expand we you know we're going to do good work in DC and you know around Maryland but at the same time I mean we want to have that like hometown feel and like that small business fun culture absolutely stuff right and so it's 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 tough to maintain that balance I, I would assume because you know, you have so many people, so many different types of personalities, and um, you just have to be able to to balance all that stuff. And I mean, your role plays right into that, right? Because you have all these people around you at work, and you, you have to be able to, you know, find a way to connect to these people on a certain level at times. And that can be tough, right? That requires some of those people skills that we've we've talked about. Um, has that ever been a, an issue or a struggle for you? Just, you know, person I might not know very well, I have to talk to them about, you know, it doesn't have to be the end of the world, right? Mm-hmm. Hire a fire, but like just some like detailed personal stuff about maybe their benefits, you know? Um, so 
probably in the beginning, I maybe was a little bit more nervous to talk to people when I first started because I was like, are they going to take me seriously? And then I kind of just, I don't know, just talked gave myself confidence in my head and was like, I'm the only one that's doing this. So I have to make sure that I'm showing people <laughs> that like I can do this. And so I think that I've always been an, more of an extrovert. I've always been okay with talking to people. But like you said, like sometimes having more difficult conversations can be a little bit harder. But I think that there's some people I maybe have to push a little bit more with, but I usually don't have a problem with digging in a little deeper <laughs> where some people might not like that as much. But in the end, it usually sometimes I'll get a message from them that's like, thank you for, you know, making me talk to you about that. And like, so I, there's like a benefit to it afterwards, yeah. but I definitely um, am okay with being that awkward person that like pushes a conversation. <laughs> Do you think it's possible? And, you know, there's plenty of different HR roles and job functions. Do you think somebody in your role specifically, let's say we, you know, we, we took you out of innovative for a second and we pop somebody else in. Do you think it's possible for that person to be, you know, a quote unquote introvert in that role? So I do think that there can be introverts within HR because usually an introvert to an extrovert is how you unwind. So if you're an introvert, you unwind by yourself versus like extrovert, like you are able to kind of be around other people, but still kind of get your social battery back up. Um, I do think that you would need to be a little bit more extroverted at times to be able to have those conversations, especially just being a one person role. So I mean, if I didn't like try and go down to the tech room and talk to people, then people would be terrified probably to come mm -hmm. to my office um, <laughs> because whenever they or if I didn't go talk to people a lot, then I think like when I walk into the tech room, like people know I'm not in there to like fire somebody because like at first people would like mm -hmm. break their necks when I would walk into the tech room <laughs> and they'd be like, why is she here? And now they're just like, oh, Sam's here. Like, what do you what do you want to talk about? So um, I think you really have to like you have to push sometimes, even if you were an introvert, you'd have to still push to have those relationships with people. I, I love that you brought that up of like, you know, when you first started and people were a little nervous when mm -hmm. you'd walk into the room, like, what does this mean? And um, I wanted to ask you about just, I think one of the things that you've done really well is kind of shift the perception of what HR is yep. at Innovative, um, especially an organization where we hadn't had a dedicated HR person. And we have a lot of employees who are either early in their career and we may be the only place that they've ever worked. So they don't have that experience of what is HR from somewhere else. Or we're also fortunate we have employees that are very seasoned um, that have been with us for 15, 20 years um, and have also not had experience <laughs> uh, with HR uh, maybe 15, 20 years ago at another organization. So um, there was this perception of, oh, well, you know, when we have to have HR, we're not going to be able to do this anymore. We're not going to be able to have fun anymore. Um, how, um, you know, how have you kind of intentionally shifted that? Um, so yeah, definitely HR has a bad rep in many places. <laughs> um, so I try and like squash that as much as I can. Um, even if it comes to like when I do our like, yearly trainings, I try really hard to make them interactive. Um, I make sure people know that I'm giving like my own personal um, stories with everything and letting people know that I'm not just like reading from a script. I'm actually like handcrafting these presentations for you because I want us all to learn together and not just like me lecture to you. Um, and as well as I think from the beginning, I tried really hard to create relationships with people, even if they didn't want to create them with me, I would like make a point like 
I still do it every week, usually on Fridays when it's kind of a lighter day. I'll try and go, you know, talk to some techs downstairs because they're, you know, usually Fridays aren't as crazy as maybe a Monday. So I'll try and chat with everybody. I, when the sales people are here, I make sure that I say hi to everyone as well as when we have our big events. So when we have the mandatory fun or quarterly events, as well as first Friday lunches, I will really try hard, especially at the mandatory fun events to kind of push myself towards maybe people I don't work with every single day. Um, and that's normally the technical team, just because I I'm usually, you know, talk to sales and accounting a little bit more from being sitting upstairs, but I'll try really hard to kind of, you know, just see if I have something in common with someone. And I normally do. And even if we don't, we have something to talk about. You just really have to sometimes try. And now it's gotten to the point where I feel like I can talk to anybody and it's and it's been pretty good to kind of create that relationship. And I've noticed some more people will come to my office now just even asking like, hey, like, can you just help me fill out this form? And like before, they probably would have never thought about coming to my office. So <laughs> that's pretty big. And when we have new employees, I try really hard to like, you know, mess probably blow them up a little bit on teams, but I try and like <laughs> talk to them as much as possible <laughs> and make sure that they know that HR, like I'm here as an advocate. I'm not just here to sign your I-9 paperwork. Yeah. Do you think that's the biggest misconception about HR is that it's just kind of this cold, cruel yes. paper, paperwork <laughs> and firing Absolutely. entity? Gotcha. Yeah. Because I was, I was wondering because, you know, it, it can be tough. All these preconceived notions about, you know, who, what you what your job is and really who you are as a person because of that job. That can be really tough to overcome in a job that's already difficult enough where there's already, you know, yes. these tasks and like some pretty pretty high level stuff dealing with, you know, people's personal info and their benefits and are they happy at work? I mean, there's a lot to juggle in the world of HR and, oh, yeah. you know, you're coming in and people are just saying, oh, well, you know, she's here to do some paperwork, I guess, and then, mm -hmm. you know, talk to somebody if they need talking to or fired. And so that's, that can, that can be tough. So, I mean, was that, did that last very long or did, do you feel like just because of Innovative's kind of people culture, it's like, okay, after a week or so, we can kind of calm this down. She's not here to fire everybody. Yeah, I would say definitely the culture at Innovative helped with the HR role of not being like the cruel person that's here to fire you or yell at you. But I do think that um, I I feel like people understand now like why things happen. I think Jason does a great job of making sure that everyone is aware of if you do have a problem, we try and make sure that we talk to you about it first. You know, we're not just firing people to fire people. We're making sure that, you know, you're aware that there's issues. We want to help you with those issues. We want to retain employees. And especially I think people have really seen that I am an advocate for them. I'm not just, oh, she's just HR. She's just going to give me my paperwork and move on. Like I really try to, you know, push to make sure that we're retaining and i push managers sometimes to be like, dig a little bit deeper. Can you, what can we do to help this person? Like, I need you to take five minutes and think about it. So um, I think that it took maybe about like a month or two for people to finally feel okay to come into my office and just chat with me <laughs> about random things. But uh, I think ever since then, when people really saw that I was an advocate for them, I think it's really helped. Nice. Have you felt much, much of a change in the last couple months being, you know, having that official title as manager? Or was that a pretty kind of smooth transition just with the, the responsibilities you already had? Uh, I would say it was a pretty smooth transition. I now kind of, I mean, I still obviously 
like ask Rose everything because she <laughs> is who I talk to the most, um, being my manager. But it's kind of been nice because I feel like we almost can collaborate a little bit more together instead of like me just working under her, which we've always kind of had that relationship. But now it kind of makes it more like seals the deal more being a manager of like she now I really know that she trusts like when I'm like, hey, let's what about this? Or do you care that I did this? And so I think that it, it just kind of built our trust a little bit stronger than it probably already was. But I would say that it was a pretty smooth transition. <laughs> well, Rose is a great person to have around because, I mean, she came on the same podcast and we sat and talked with her about how she came in mm-hmm. pretty much just they built the position for her and she yeah. had to come in and build it out this whole accounting arm of the company, basically. And <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that's probably a great manager to have to go to and say, hey, I'm building this new thing for Innovative. I mean, she's done it and been there. So, I mean, also, you know, Rose, great to talk to and, yes, and have an assistance with anything <laughs> with her. But like, yeah, I mean, that that experience has got to be so useful for you just yeah. even right even today, right? Definitely. So. She definitely helped. I mean, she built the whole all of the finance department. So I think it's been really helpful to have her help me build HR and have that same passion as I do. What, um, in a position like yours where, you know, we've spent a lot of time talking about employee satisfaction and mental health and making sure everybody gets what they need. Like, how how do we make sure you get what you, what you <laughs> need? You know, you're in that role where people are putting so much on you and so much of it is confidential. Like, when I have something go wrong in my world, like, Everybody up here knows about it because I am very verbal <laughs> and I need to tell everybody about it. Um, you are in a role where, you know, a lot of a lot of what you're dealing with, you just can't do that. Um, right. So how do you kind of balance that and get things off of your chest so it doesn't drive you crazy? Um, luckily, I can speak to Rose about a lot of things, <laughs> um, which we bounce a lot of things off of each other. Um, I think that I... I'm good at handling things outside of work. I like to kind of like, even if it's just taking a moment for myself, going for a walk, um, like journaling, just thinking about like, how could I handle this differently? Why is this making me so upset? Or, and just, I mean, naturally things make you upset at work. You get frustrated having to deal with maybe something, you know, a couple of times that you feel like you shouldn't have to be dealing with. But I think at the end of the day, I just remember that we're all humans and that sometimes I as a human also just need to take five minutes for myself. So I even sometimes just like close my office door and like turn some music on and like take 10 minutes for myself because I just know that 10 minutes of not looking at the computer is not going to get me fired from my job. And it's actually probably going to help me a little bit just to <laughs> like, you know, mm-hmm. just not think about something for like just a second or but I do bounce a lot off of if I'm having frustrations, usually Rose is who I will go to, or I'll just sort of internally handle it. But I don't just let it sit and fester because I know if I do that, then I will go crazy. So I take some, you know, walking breaks or some music breaks at times. <laughs> and that can be a forgotten part of the conversation at times. Mm-hmm. We we talk so much with leaders about how their workforce is doing, like, are your employees happy? And that sometimes the leaders maybe can just get a little bit lost in that conversation. It's like, is the leader doing okay? Because if they're not, it's going to be hard for everybody else to do okay because that stuff just all trickles down. And so, you know, being in your role, moving up in the company, that's also super important. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's good you can go to Rose for for stuff if you just need to talk with her, whether it's just, you know, voicing some frustrations or it's, it's good to have there because without that, I mean, there's no safety net for you. It's just like, here's all the, <laughs> here's all the stuff that you got to deal with. And then it's like, oh, I have nobody to fall back on or, or go to. Cause I can imagine we talk about these, you know, 
other workplaces, you know, that, that kind of bad word, but that they probably deal with some of that. If they don't have a great leader with them, it's like, oh, I'm in HR kind of just dealing with this onslaught of everything HR brings. And I don't really have that person I can talk to. So that's good that we have that here because, you know, that can be a scary position for someone, I would imagine. Yep. It's sometimes nice, too, to just talk to someone and, like, not expect an answer. Just be like, can I just, like, word vomit everything to you? And then, <laughs> yeah. like, usually I sometimes just do that to Rose. I just want to kind of say, like, 10 things. And then I'm like, okay, I'm good. I don't really need an outcome from this. But you just sometimes got to let it out because I have, like you said, not many people to let things out to. So, yeah, it's always nice. I, I was wondering... What happens when someone comes to you with maybe it's more of a personal personal issue and you maybe know an easy result from this or something they can do? Or maybe you just think, well, if that were me, this wouldn't be an issue. But also on understanding, right. I have to have empathy. This is their truth they're living in. They're clearly upset. How do you kind of balance that when you're faced with that situation? I usually just keep a really open mind when I have those sort of personal conversations with employees. And I always remind them as well that I'm not a licensed psychologist or anything <laughs> like that. So I can't, I usually really try to not give any personal advice. I usually will try and give as much uh, professional advice. I'm, you know, I give advice of what we can do it in the workplace to help. Um, and then I usually will kind of give those resources of maybe what you could do externally. But I try and keep a really open mind of, like you said, Ryan, I don't know what people are going through. I maybe would handle a situation differently, but I have to remember that I want to make sure everyone feels happy and safe coming to work. So how can I help them with you know, something that I can give them an answer to rather than like just give them like here's some advice of what I would do rather than, you know, actually I can actually make your, you know, your everyday a little bit easier by maybe giving you, you know, a new chair or maybe giving you a quiet workspace uh, so you're not distracted when somebody else is on the phone. And that's a great point, too, because it kind of highlights, you know, not only you being direct and truthful, it's, mm -hmm. you know, I'm glad you want to come to me with this issue, but I'm not a psychologist. I'm not right. licensed for this particular thing but i'm i'll hear you out yes, you know I, if i can if i can do something within my power to help you just at work we can do that but mm -hmm. you know that that highlights the need for those outside resources and like real professionals for this stuff because yes you can sit there and be the best listener in the world mm -hmm. but <laughs> and you know maybe you could recommend something on a personal level for somebody but that's not your job really right. and you know? usually a lot of times when we have those personal conversations there are outcomes that could help within the workplace that you probably didn't even realize until you just started listening of like oh actually you know you probably maybe could work from home and it might help if you do this or it might help if you have a quiet you know work environment or hey can we rope in your manager so we all are on the same page that maybe you need to take some time off or you know just it usually can open up um, a lot more opportunities in the workplace when I have those personal conversations with employees, which you know, usually helps also with building that more trust between the manager as well, because I usually can rope them in. Right. And that all plays off each other. I mean, yeah. you, you can't you can't go into work and not trust, you know, some your manager, leadership or HR. I mean, those are like the pillars of the people you should be able to trust yeah. along with the rest of your coworkers, yeah. right? I mean, that you should be able to go to work and hopefully trust those people and talk to them. You know, Steph comes in and like, she, <laughs> like she's like, hey, you know, we, we all kind of go around the room a little bit. It's like, here's what's going on. And like, I don't think any of us are really afraid to talk about 
maybe some of the worst things that have happened on our weekend because there's there's a trust factor built in there with everybody. And, you know, that probably helps make your role a little easier at times that the yeah. employees at least can trust each other with with some personal info. Because, again, the lines are mm-hmm. the lines are kind of blurred here between personal and work. I mean, literally in our meeting in the morning, we <laughs> say one personal, one professional yeah. good thing that happened to you, something you're grateful for this past week or weekend, because we want to hear about that stuff. Like you're a person, this stuff matters to you. And I think, you know, most of us, sometimes it was a boring week and you don't have much to share on either <laughs> side, but it's, it's nice to sit there and think about something that makes you happy in your personal life yeah. and share it with your coworkers. That's kind of a piece of you. And, you know, it's, it's nice to bring it up at work, yes, right? Cause I we agree. spend, we spent, and you know, this is, we, tend to quote Jason on every episode of this podcast, it seems. But, you know, Jason says, you know, we spend way too much time at work and working to not at least feel happiness or enjoy it or have fun. Right. And, you know, that that's true whether you're planning some big event or whether you're just sitting around the office Monday morning talking Mm -hmm. about whatever, you know, a football game or, you know, just, hey, I went to this amusement park or I went to a party and did this. Just little things like that, I'm sure help with and that that goes back to the big big culture conversations so uh what um advice would you give for uh you know another samantha that's out there <laughs> um and is kind of looking for a job that's going to be fulfilling for them in hr um one of the things that i've kind of noticed over the course of my career is i always feel like a big red flag for for any employer is when their hr person and there's a lot of turnover <laughs> with the hr person if the hr person's not staying there's usually something going on so what are some of those things that you would advise somebody that's looking for an hr position to look for in a company and an employer it sounds like you know the ability to have an open honest trusting relationship with your manager um, would be critical because just the nature there's not going to be a lot of other people you can vent to right True. Um, I would say so. One piece of advice I really have held on to. I when I was playing lacrosse in college, my coach said to me, "Be uncomfortable. Be okay with being uncomfortable." So, um, one thing that I would say to anyone that's looking for a role is, be okay with feeling uncomfortable. Maybe in the beginning, so you don't. You know, for me, I was like, "Oh gosh, I was a little uncomfortable. I was just jumping into <laughs> the only HR person with." you know, not a lot of structure around me. And I kind of had to build that all around me. So kind of be okay with that, but know when you're able to handle that. Like I knew that I was able to handle building the HR department at Innovative because I had a manager that I really trusted. And I learned that from the phone interview I did with Rose. So I was Hmm. I like, sometimes interviews can be very nerve wracking. Um, Even as an HR professional, I still get nervous, like having to do my own interview. So I just knew from the beginning, speaking with Rose, that it was just, I felt very comfortable with her. And then when I met her in person, I was able to, you know, just, I didn't feel like I was reading from a script off my resume. I felt like I was actually having a conversation with her. And I think that that was something that was, you know, huge as well. So always feel comfortable when you're being hired by someone, just knowing that you can speak to that manager or that person above you that you're maybe going to be working with every single day. Don't, you know, be afraid to ask questions and sort of just like be authentically yourself. Um, so I think that was one thing. And I sometimes just be like, am I asking her too many questions? But like, you're <laughs> probably not. It's probably better that you're asking as many as possible. And I think the other thing that really kind of drove me to innovative and that I would push other HR professionals when they're looking for a company would be having a CEO or a president or whoever the leader of the company is 
actually caring about HR and wanting HR. So some people are just like, oh, HR is just like on the side where here the leaders and Jason, like Jason wanted HR to be a part of decision making, wanted HR's opinion, wanted HR in general to make sure we're staying in compliance. I mean, I'll sometimes get messages from Jason sometimes of like, hey, like I'm keeping you in the loop. Like what what's your opinion? And it's like, that's so cool that even as a generalist, I was getting those messages. So it was just showing to me that, you know, the company cared about HR and wanted wanted someone that was going to be an advocate for employees, wanted someone that was going to make sure we were staying compliance and wanted my opinion, wanted me to take the lead on different things. So really look for a company that cares about HR and doesn't just look at it as like the person that hires and fires. (laughs) All good points. And I mean, I think you can apply that to, to plenty of roles as well, where, you know, don't be afraid to ask those questions. You're probably going to be uncomfortable, like just good job interview advice, because you might be afraid to ask the question, but you ask it and it's a bad result. Probably a good idea that you're not going to be happy in that role anyway. That's probably a big red flag anyway. So, you know, great advice. And Good luck to you going forward because <laughs> it, 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 it was funny talking about HR on this podcast because so much of your job is, you know, confidential, yeah. private info about people and, and you know, just stuff that part of your position is, you know, I, they can confide in me in this. Right. There's personal records for this and personal information. So I'm glad we could have a nice broad conversation without worrying <laughs> about <too>. bringing anything <laughs> up, <laughs> bring, bring anything up or, you know, uh, exposing any names or anything. So. Uh, Thank you, Sam, so much for your time today. An absolute rock star this week on the podcast. But that's that's going to be all for us. And I don't want to jinx or, you know, screw up anything. But next time you hear from us on this show, it is likely going to be in a different place. I don't know if I should reveal the place or not, but it's not going to be in this office. Well, we can probably say that (laughs) for sure. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, that probably sounds really ominous, but very <laughs> exciting things to come on this podcast. Uh, so be on the lookout when you, you tune in next time with us here on Innovative Leadership. Thank you, Sam, once again, Thank Human you. Resources Manager here at Innovative. Thank you, Steph. Absolutely. Always Thank you. The co-host who is... She, she says she was the elder. I promise you, Steph is not old. <laughs> Steph She's is not, not old. So. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll talk to you next time in our uh, undisclosed location. Mm-hmm.